Los Nachos Amigos, and welcome to another episode of Record Breakers, a music podcast where you share with your friends, all together in this virtual lunch table, share music with your friends, share music with your compadres. Uh, we're here, gathered, to talk about music. Uh, I'm Petey Rape, your man with no plan. Here with, me, here with me is my crew, my team, my squad. We've got Brett. Squad. Uh, Ohio. We've got Drew. Let, let's talk about pop music. Pop. Yes. Uh, and we've got Patrick. Hello, people. Yes. We're here to talk about music. Uh, not quite pop music. Uh, a different kind of music. Uh, popular. Capital P popular, I guess. Uh, but Some parts of the world. As opposed to classical, yeah. Popular yeah. music. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the provider of that music would be, uh, Brett, uh, Brett, what do you got for us this week? Well, I went back in time to 2006 and I brought the, uh, self-titled album by Rodrigo E. Gabriela. Mm-hmm. Uh, a hot banger, <laughs> a hot banger. Uh, it's definitely an interesting album to say the least. Uh, true. What were your expectations coming into this album? Uh, I was pretty much just expecting something, if I can stereotype, something with a Spanish or Mexican influence, because the name and the self-titling sort of led me to believe that. And then I looked at the the track listing, I was slightly confused partway down, and I got a little excited to see what the hell was about to happen. Uh, Patrick, what were your expectations coming into this album? Um, other than I think Brett at some point mentioned flamenco, I had no idea what was going to happen. Um, so I assume I'm coming in blind other than maybe the, uh, the, the notion that perhaps these were going to be some sort of, uh, Spanish-esque guitar work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett, how would you describe this album musically? What would be the themes elements that come to your attention? Well, I, I mean, yeah, you could say this is this is an instrumental album. You're not going to have anybody singing at you. Um, that that's one thing. It's a, it's a it's a it's a duo of guitars, but one of the guitars is playing both rhythm guitar and percussion in the flamenco styling, and then there's another guy playing a nylon string guitar as well, who is playing heavy metal licks. You know, you're nothing too crazy. It's not like crazy sweet picking. It's it's strictly you know old school you know it, it's mostly blues licks turned into a kind of a funky funky lick that's on top of this uh sort of uh fusion strum rock flamenco heavy metal uh sound it, it, it's it's pretty unique it's uh it's something that as as somebody who i i myself am uh, nylon curious when it comes to guitars i am not at all a professional uh there there are things that uh I really, I, I, bangers and mash, hot bangers. Sorry, Drew. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there, there's, there's something about the sound of, of Latin music mixed with heavy metal that is such a, such an odd mix that, uh, that it, I was drawn to it. This happened to be the last new release compact disc I ever purchased in like 2007. So this was, this was the one I went out on. Um, you know, the, all of the songs sort of progress a little bit you get a little more flourishes 
um, as you go along. A lot of the a lot of the beats and a lot of the the licks stay the same, but they add like two extra notes in there to accent. Um, and there's normally a breakdown somewhere in the middle. And sometimes they play Metallica song, um, but or you know another song that's never been played by anyone ever before. Um, but uh, you know it's uh, it's very tight. Um, the playing style is impressive. Uh, you know, when it comes to instrumental albums, it's kind of hard to pick apart because you don't have words to go on, um, except for on one song where you kind of everybody knows the song Stairway to Heaven. But um, there, there's 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 something special about this album that I thought I could bring to you guys and we'd have enough to talk about without there being words, prose and whatnot. True. Uh, uh, how would you describe this album musically? What would be the themes elements caught your attention? First off, like the entire album sort of hits you like a ton of bricks, I guess. Um, I love um, some dance happy music. I love some great music that'll get you grooving and sit there and groove on it. And the flamenco stylings sort of hits that pretty well for me. This album is like Brett said, there is a lot of metal influence on the licks on the lead guitar to that rhythm guitar that has some really like really solid technical stuff, but it never loses the groove, but there is an insane amount of like really technical skill behind that guitar playing, um, both on the lead and the rhythm, the rhythm, like you are playing rhythm and also percussing on the guitar. Like, and you can hear that percussion. Like it's, that's not exactly an easy thing to do um, and keep your timing. And this entire album was super solid for both of those. It's it's an album that both guitar players have to be, there's only two of them, and they have to be on their shit because they have nothing else to fall back on. And all of it sounds really, really great. Um, it's To me, this album was just insane as far as like the skill goes. And it was fun. Like, there's a lot of times where it's like, oh, yeah, no, these are technically great players. There are some jazz albums that are like that, that it's more like, yeah, no, I like listening to this because I can appreciate the musicianship there. And that's insane. Like, this works on both the I just want to groove out in my car and have my head bounce around, but also like sitting down with a good set of speakers or a good set of headphones and like just actually like picking this apart was actually really, really a joy, I think. Um, you don't have to wear has, puffy sleeves or a frilly dress to enjoy it too. You can just dance wearing a t-shirt and jeans like heavy metal kid. Yep. But Star Wars apparently. Um, but also I wanted to slide this in on the end note. It made me, this album also made me realize sometimes maybe scoffing at people who use uh, certain brands of instruments is really dumb. Cause well, you mean a company that also makes motorcycles and outboard right. motors? Like and occasionally engines for Ford performance cars. Right. Like, like when I see somebody break out a Yamaha guitar, usually I just go, a Yamaha? Really? Like, why don't you go something that's like known as like a guitar? But yeah, no, sometimes I learn things and sometimes I learn that, hey, Yamaha, like acoustic electric sound really good, apparently. And the tone of this record was just awesome. Uh, Patrick, how would you describe this album musically? 
Uh, this is a really good example of where technical mastery meets the ability to actually create enjoyable songs. So, like, specifically, like, with crazy technical guitar players, like, things that come to mind are, like, Steve Vai or Joe Satriani. Two guys who are great guitar players who aren't the best songwriters. And I, I don't think I'm being a dick saying that. They're great, but, like, they couldn't write a pop song. That's just not what they do. This... The songs are a lot more enjoyable and well put together. Um, I am I am someone who enjoys percussive guitar work, and I like the idea of flamenco, but this is probably the most, the closest to traditional flamenco guitar that I have ventured into so far. And it's, it's um, not very close to traditional. And it's, flamenco, it, I said the closest. Yeah. It is not. Uh, they they fucking played Stairway to Heaven and fucking Metallica cover, but like, it's um. It is it is very much influenced by by the idea of flamenco guitar, but modernized in the way like a band we talked about a long time ago. Three took the sort of percussive, you know, uh, you know, flamenco guitar idea and put it into a prog band. This is a bunch of metalhead kids who knew how to play flamenco guitar, making a little group with the two of them and uh, making some good music. Um on the sort of critiques, uh, it's very sparse instrumentation because it is on almost every song just literally two guitars, and that's okay. But like, I just sort of want—I want a little percussion and maybe something that fills the bass registers a little bit. But I don't think that really takes away from it. It's um, I, I this is like a really good example of an album. I think that was. That was probably not not a lot of money was spent recording it, although it sounds great. Not, you know, this was, you know, two people who went in, did a lot of stuff in just a few takes and um, came out with something really, really simple, but also like really pretty in spite of its simplicity. Also, I think it was recorded in Ireland. Yes, they <laughs> yeah, I, is... I, I like I, I like this connection of. Uh, of Ireland via Mexico City. Like, yeah. yes, we grew up in Mexico. We got bored of their music, so we went to Europe. And somehow we fucking ended up in Ireland, which yeah. uh, is a lovely country that I wish I could live in. Yeah. Uh, it's, but un uh, unfortunately, the documents that would allow me to get dual citizenship there burned down in a church some years ago. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, it, apparently it was uh, certified. It's certified platinum in Ireland. Certified yeah. dank in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like Wes Khalifa's clicker. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, it dank. debuted number one on the Irish, Irish albums chart. It was crazy. Crazy. It's super cool. Uh, I'm, I'm as you can see on the Wikipedia as I'm looking at right there. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about some of the key tracks. This is a crazy album with a lot of cool stuff happening. Let's zero in on some tracks. Uh, Brett, what would be some of the key tracks to zero in on? Well, this is an album where every track is a hot banger. And and really in my listen-throughs, I tend to, you know, if I'm going to skip a song, I'm going to skip Stairway to Heaven because I've heard that probably more than just about anything I've ever heard in my life. Um, but uh, this album starts off really strong it opens up with the track tamakoon um 
and it, it sets the table for everything that you're going to get. Um, there's no like trick that they do in the later half of the album that they don't do from the get go. They sort of put things together in a pretty great formula. Um, and uh, when they open it up, like if I hand this album to somebody and they put on the first track, if, if they don't like what they hear of the first track, then they're probably not going to like anything else. But more often than not, it hooks them in the first track. Uh, if that doesn't get you, the second track will. Uh, Diablo Rojo, um, which Spanish uh, specialist here, Drew Snyder, um, will translate. That means uh, the, the red uh, game where you click a lot. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's a fairly simple um, song that sort of rolls on. And as it, as it keeps going and they come back to the same... Uh, the same licks, the same patterns. They they start adding more complex complexion, uh, com- yeah. And uh, they they like with a lot of their songs. Like there's a breakdown in the middle where everybody starts doing. They they both start doing the uh, the 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 trills and the and the the not the boodle deedle doos, but the uh, the 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 boodle deedle doos <laughs> like 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 Squiggles can do with his fingers, um, and the other guys. Yeah. Yeah, turns into yeah. chugga chugga hardcore. That's right. It, you know they don't have room for a bass solo, uh, although they there are videos where uh, a certain bassist for a certain band that they cover uh, plays along with them. So if if you haven't, please go watch a YouTube video of how the the physicality of these guys playing is is pretty amazing. And also you find out that this album when they released it, they were our age, <laughs> so they they weren't fresh young pups. Like these guys are in their forties. Um, but yeah, I. The, the the first two tracks are pretty hot and uh like later on the album when they when you start getting into covers i have to cover one orion is probably the the most fantastic take on a metallica instrumental that you can you can ask for um it does everything that metallica does and it does it with a little bit more style um and it it does it and they're playing a song that sort of has a weird uh it's a very hard-edged song like uh, a lot of hard stops and a lot of staccato playing in the in the original, and it, it makes really really good use of the the two guitars going back and forth, uh, playing their different roles. It's it's pretty awesome, um, and you know, not since you know Chet Atkins and and Jerry Reed has two guitar pickers uh, gotten my goat like this. This is this was this is probably this is S tier S tier right now. Like <laughs> the fox uh, of Yes. That's Guitar. right. 120%. Yes. Uh, Drew, what would be some of the key tracks for you? Well, I'm glad Brett picked it because now I know how to say Tamakun. Um, to start out with like that, like staccato picking with that movement in the beginning of the song, it, it got in my head like instantly, like, that song made me realize, okay, Brett said he was pitching a softball. This is going to be a softball. It's going to be all right. It's going to be straight over the plate. It's going to be a slow, slow pitch, and it's going to be all right. Um, then I'm going to go from the beginning all the way to the end. I'm going to go to Juan Loco. Uh, the driving beat, constant movement, the rhythm just hitting every single time, never missing that beat. And then... It is a fist-pumping anthem without words to sing along to, which I didn't think was even humanly possible. Like, it just feels like 
that rock song that you want to just put your fist up to and just drive along to, and then, like, you have nothing to sing along to. Really weird. Really kind of hard to do for me. But, hey, it really worked. And then I'm going to cheat a little bit, just a little bit, and do both of the cover songs. Uh, They do Stairway to Heaven, which, as Brad said, everybody does Stairway to Heaven at some point in their life. It's a great Um, Huey Lewis song. Yes, there's a that great Huey Lewis song. Um, the heart of Stairway to Heaven is still beaten. Um, <laughs> that, that, um, now that's going to be happening. I'm sorry. There's I, I'm going to have to do my homework this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Orion uh, from Metallica. So the thing that I loved about these songs is that throughout the entire rest of the record, right, you can hear that sort of 80s metal inspiration coming through right and you can hear it in the lead guitar you can hear it in what they're doing right and how they're piecing together the different like lead guitar like bits and how they chain together right this was to me in the middle of all those songs two love letters to bands they obviously obviously take huge inspiration from and it caught my eye in a way that was really weird. You can hear the love that they have for these two bands and how they cover the songs and how it is them doing their style. It is still them doing weird flamenco guitar in the background and having this really percussive sound to it and these two guitars playing off of each other. It's still that, but it's a expression of gratitude almost to Metallica, to Led Zeppelin, to that era of metal that brought out these like weird things in music and being okay with that. And I think that's kind of awesome for somebody to be able to do that. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, Patrick, what would be some of the key tracks for you? Um, uh, East Tapa. The intro is so very old school Metallica, but um, but also not because, again, like this is very much Spanish guitar played by metalheads um, and and it, it also uh, used violin. So most of the instrumentation on this album is just literally two guitars. It's very sparse and it's not like a pile of overdubs. It is literally something that could be played live, which is, you know, not not. Um, not easy or particularly deep in terms of what's uh, going on musically, but this song, like you get a little violin in there kind of doing like a lead guitar thing and it's really cool. And it makes, it makes a lot of difference and it makes it really stand out. Uh, Orion, obviously I'm going to talk about the covers because I uh, not so secretly love good cover songs, especially when you take a song from one genre and move it to another. Um, Orion is a really like they took the bones of the song Orion by Metallica and made it entirely their own. And specifically, I'm going to talk about the way they handle the bass part. Um, I am I am not so secretly a big Cliff Burton fan. I think Cliff Burton is one of the best bassists ever, period, regardless of genre. He was so creative in a genre that's mostly full of guys who just play root notes. Um and the, the bass part from Orion is super iconic. And if you were a metalhead bass player, at some point 
you learned that part I did at one point, and I'm a terrible bass player. But it's this really dead simple, beautiful thing that um, that they handled so perfectly. I couldn't help but love the way they covered Orion specifically for that. But as a whole, like it, it is the like the bones of Orion, but everything else about it's like a new thing. And then Stairway to Heaven, a song I unironically love with all of my heart. I have so many good memories attached to this song growing up. Uh, Led Zeppelin was one of my favorite things when I really got into rock music in like middle school and early high school, like before I went like deep down the punk and metal things. And I still love Led Zeppelin. I like, you know, I will I will worship John Bonham forever. And uh, but the way I thought thought of this, like. It is their their the way they handled Stairway to Heaven. They didn't cover Stairway to Heaven as much as they reimagined it. Like I feel like Jimmy Page would appreciate it. Like if you said, "Hey Jimmy, here's these uh, folks playing playing a song you wrote, you know, some years ago." I feel like he would appreciate that they took the idea and made it their own. Um, it has it builds and swells very much the way the original does, but but like in its own way. And it's um, it it just feels so perfectly assembled, and uh, and it's really like if you want to like if you're gonna like list like like the best covers that change the genre of the original song, I think this is on it. It's so good, and I don't want to take away from the uh, from the their the tracks they wrote because they're really enjoyable and exceptionally well made. But the way they reimagine songs that I've been listening to for more than half my life really, really got to me like in a in a like emotional way. Like I've been listening to Stairway to Heaven since, you know, I was 12 or 13 years old and I loved it then and I love it now. And like the fact that they did something with it I had not heard before and made it that pretty is, I think, worthy of praise. Yeah. Let us add on that they do all of this completely clean. Yeah, it's it's literally two nylon string acoustic guitars in a manner which they could play that shit live. This ain't no dragon force bullshit. Like this is perfect. It is like the technicality of this record, like the the technical execution alone is worthy of praise but the fact that they made something so technically flawless that's also really fun to listen to is i think what makes this really special yeah so you're gonna get yeah it's hard to uh pick a track it's hard to uh pick certain tracks because you know it's it's not a track in here that you would call a bad song and so it's it's you could go on and on and on and on about all these songs uh yeah, because overall it's, a, it's just a fantastic journey and a fantastic record of like crazy, ridiculous guitar technique. Uh, let's bring it back around the horn to talk about some conclusive thoughts. Uh, Drew, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album? This is an album that I think like there are sometimes these instrumental records that we do that you sort of have to be a musician to really get and really like and really have a fun time with. Um, ones that like the technical aspects of the album are what bring you to that album. And 
if you're not going to dive into those, like it's probably not going to be an album for you. Right. Um, Hulk rules comes to mind. Um, but that one's full of hot bangers and mash. Um, God, inside joke. Um, <laughs> so dumb. We're a bunch of fucking idiots. We're, we're, we're man children. Let's yes. just get that out of the way. But, but point being is that I don't think that if you're a musician and you dive into this to break apart the record, you will still have a good time. If you're not a musician and you come to it for just some fun music to put on in the background while you're doing some other stuff that might make you maybe sway your hips while you're vacuuming, not saying that that happened at any point. And I'm going to leave you guys with that image. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's something that's just, it can hit for a lot of people in a lot of places. If you, if, if you like both, if your Venn diagram of music you like hits both a Mexican-influenced sphere and a metal-influenced sphere at any points, I think this is... If Hans Zimmer wants to tap them for movies, I think they're doing all right. Yes. <laughs> what I'm trying to say here. Uh, yeah. Uh, Patrick, what would be your conclusion on this album? Uh, this is a really great example of why I do the podcast. Why it's so fun to me is I would never have probably heard this had Brett not brought it to me. And I really enjoyed listening to it. It's um, This is a really good example of why expanding your musical horizons is beneficial. It's um, it's really good. It's enjoyable. Um, I, I, as I said, I'm a sucker for good covers. And it has two of the best covers of like period that I've heard in a long time, but also like, it's really, really good. Now that all said, I'm going to give a critique, uh, throw a little percussion and some sort of a bass filling instrument in this. And I think it would be really incredible, but I understand why it's a duo and they want to do it that way. I just like bass and drums because would a cajon work. Would a cajon Kaon would work. Kaon would, would fill in the gap, maybe a bass though, like an upright though. I feel like I feel like an electric uh, bass would be bass. wrong. <laughs> uh, upright bass. I I just would like to see somebody play the the percussion on the guitar and strum the rhythm and kick the side of a box that they're sitting on at the same time because that <laughs> that you know let's make it the whole one man band. You hit the thing. box. You hit yeah. the box. I mean, yes, you can get cones with kick pedals, but you hit the box. Also, uh, you not heels. so secretly, I just want to have a friend who plays acoustic guitar at bars so I can play Kaon with him once in a while. You're like Wonderwall, everybody. <laughs> um, I, I unironically also love Wonderwall. By the way. <laughs> Everyone's shocked. Uh, <laughs> that I'm a horrible yeah. person or that I like a terrible song. Yeah, that's fine. If, if you're into right. strum rock, you would be into I this mean, album, too. This given album the covers choice, that base, too. Champagne Supernova is better than Wonderwall every time. Like that I'm SNL skit where it's the parliament and it's Will Ferrell saying that Oasis is the best band since the Beatles. No. Over and over. But One piece of shit <sighs> and less stinky than the other piece of shit. Uh, Brett, what, what would be your conclusion on this album? This is, this is pretty pretty easy to sum up. Um, this is an album that I, I take to people of any age or walk of life and I most people can find something to enjoy. My grandmother 
a a uh, a woman from the the hollers in Kentucky who grew up on bluegrass would enjoy this. Uh, the the guys that are smoking dope behind the dumpster behind the alley cat um, in Broad Ripple they'd enjoy this. Uh, like a, a math student uh, in his early twenties in Texas probably going to enjoy this when he listens to it. So I, this is a pretty, this is the, this isn't quite the, the, the every album, but it, it is, it is, it is probably the most complete and, uh, and solidly produced and executed album that I've brought. That was not a jazz album. Um, this, this is, this is the, the quality is, is top tier. As Petey said, it's certified bank. Yes. <laughs> uh, all killer, no filler. Uh, it's the Wiz Khalifa's weed farm. Is is oh, that wow. an album we're going to do? All killer, no filler, Petey. Please, <laughs> please, please. Oh Seventeen God. year old me wants to do that record. <laughs> it's been uh, a while. Uh, I could stand it again. It's been like ten years. Yes, we'll cover that on post show the show. Some forty one was never as annoying as some of the other bands around them at the time. I don't think. Some I don't know how it holds up. Was was pretty all right. For the bands in their genre. <laughs> yeah. Um, for all that matter. Uh, yeah, those, those, we, now we, we have our thoughts on Rodrigo and Gabriela. Rodrigo y Gabriela. Uh, now we take over. Now we head on over to our haiku reviews. The main event of the evening. What do you, we've all been waiting for. Uh, where we sum it all up in poetic form. Our haiku reviews. Drew. Uh, what is your haiku? Went in expecting something to appreciate, not something to love. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick, what is your haiku? Spanish guitars bring a different kind of shredding and perfect covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have my haiku. Intricate guitar with the right amount of flair and flawless technique. Now do it as uh, uh, with your your best uh, uh, rich Corinthian leather Jaime Sezi voice <laughs> in nah, Spanish. Nah, uh, oh. I can't pull that off. <laughs> it would be an affront to 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 to, to the, the Spanish Sezi voice. Yes, to, to and to Jaime. Uh, <laughs> Brett, what is your haiku? Uh, I decided to do this in Korean. No. Um, Mexican duo. A top-tier strumming and picking. A real humdinger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So those are our thoughts on Rodrigo y Gabriela. Uh, you can, of course, find this on our Spotify playlist. Play Record Breakers a home game. Uh, follow along with us at home. Uh, do your homework. Uh, on that Spotify playlist will be next week's record and will be provided by Drew. Drew, what do you got for us next week? Uh, it will be. Um, Pretty much just wanted to listen to some rap this week. And I figured we haven't talked about um, this Atlanta group uh, much. And I believe they deserve some, some light shined on them from us, in my opinion. Even though I hate most of Atlanta, but Outcast is all right. So I'm going to bring the hits with Stankonia. Mm-hmm. Stankonia. Have you been to Atlanta? It's all right. 
I have things to say about Ludacris. So. <laughs> it ruined my childhood. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Just because right, you know. don't like Ted Turner doesn't mean you can't like Look. Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> it Captain my... Planet was really important. So Yes. Uh, but yeah, those, that, that'll be next week, and this is this week. Uh, you can, of course, find us all over the internet. Patrick is at the Swagger. Brett is at HBDBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBBB